It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Good evening. Happy Sunday to you. It's uh, the first episode of 2024 for the BCSN Sports Wrap. I'm Brian Fulford. That's A.D. Drew. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you this evening. And thank you for checking us out on the Black College Sports Network. You're probably watching us maybe on YouTube uh, via the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page or possibly on X also known as Twitter, maybe our Facebook pages, Black College Sports Network or the BCSN Sports Wrap, or maybe you're watching us on Instagram Live. Shout out to those of you who are on IG. Drew, how you doing tonight, man? Busy day for you, uh, I hear. Yeah, man. What a busy first Sunday of the new year after a busy first Saturday of the new year after a busy first Friday of the new year. So uh, just trying to uh, get back into the swing of things. You know, we, uh, you know, a lot of us had time off work over the Christmas holiday. Uh, so 
getting back to work and then getting back into the routine, getting up in the morning and just getting back into the swing of things. And when you work in college athletics, I mean, it's just, you know, you come back to work, you got games that you got going on on campus. So you don't even get the pleasure of your teams traveling over the break, you know? So it's just like, wow, just get, just get right back into it, man. And, uh, Speaking of college athletics, Brian, uh, uh, rumor has a Hillman is looking for a new uh, football coach, too, just like a lot of the uh, other HBCUs have been this year. It would, okay, not, Virginia. It, it would not surprise me in the least bit if Hillman were looking for oh. a, uh, a head football coach like, like everybody else. <laughs> I, I wonder if alumni Walter Oates is going to uh, put in for the head football coach if alumni call for Walter Oates. That's a shout out to a different word for all those uh, old school people out here. Uh, to, to my knowledge, there are a few good candidates out there. Uh, <laughs> some who thought they had jobs and some who uh, <laughs> some who don't have jobs. So, hey, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Hey, hold on. Before, before, before I go any further, I see Carlos Brown is uh, in the chat room. Uh, great interview yesterday, Carlos. I was going to do the roll call. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, shout out to uh, Carlos joining us. Uh, you can go back and listen to uh, Carlos's show with uh, Southern head coach Terrence Graves right on the uh, BCSN pod zone. Download it any and everywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can even watch the the video podcast, if you have Spotify, that's BCSN Pod Zone. Of course, you can always find it uh, on 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 demand or in replay mode, I guess, uh, on YouTube or Facebook. You can go to Facebook dot uh, com slash uh, my BCSN one, or you can go to uh, the Carlos Brown Show on Facebook and watch it there as well. So, uh, I will make a point to go back and look at it. I honestly did not get a chance. I was. I was occupied coaching games, watching games out in the uh, Port Orange and Daytona Beach area yesterday. So by the time I actually got home to focus in on my on my uh, my, my beloved Indianapolis Colts, uh, I saw the 75 yard touchdown by the Texans. And that was it, Drew. I passed out <laughs> after that and woke up actually to no surprise that the Colts were not were eliminated and not in the playoffs. So. Yeah, their first play of the game should have uh, should have given you an indication. First, first play, play of the off, yeah. Texas on offense. Yeah, well, I, I did have Nico Collins in a prop uh, to go over his number. I didn't know he was going to go ham the way he did. Uh, so, yeah, and I, I was just looking at one last prop I had just got ruined by the Denver Broncos. So, thank you, Sean Payton, you, you thug. Anyway, um, <laughs> To quote the great. Uh, well, speaking of thug, did you see the end of the uh, New Orleans Atlanta game today? That was a thug move. Hey, look, that's right. That's what you do in rivalries. When you don't like somebody, when you when your organization don't like another organization or a team doesn't like another team, that's how you know there's a real bitter rivalry between the Falcons and Saints. And uh, Arthur Smith, you know, he was a little butt hurt. Uh, well, well, first off. Set the play up uh, to, to, to set the play up. What the Saints had actually had a what should have been a pick six. Pick six, but he 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 ran out of gas on on the one. The honey badger. When does a honey badger run out of gas? And when it's old and has a bad hamstring, probably. Uh, yes. but, that, but that honey badger ran out of gas at like the two yard line, right? 
got tackled at the one. Yeah, tackled at the one. And so, you know. It was under it was under a minute to go in the game, maybe like 48 seconds or something yeah, like they, that. They and they could have taken two knees and the game was over. Yeah. And they were already up. You know, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Central Howard. Going uh, oh, during the season, yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that. But uh, Vic, uh, New Orleans was in victory formation. But when you went back and watched the replay, you know, if, when you've seen him in victory formation, you got the two running back right there next to the quarterback just in case he mishandles the snap so yeah. they can jump on it. And then you've got the one man deep. But if you if you go back and look at it, the, the running back to his left was about a step, step and a half deeper than he, you normally would be on that play. And he just turned and handed in the ball exactly. for the one yard touchdown. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if if that was the call or whether they just like uh, that was uh, Williams. Uh, I guess he was a yeah. touchdown leader a year ago with Detroit, and then he some. I, I don't know the whole backstory, but anyway, it was his first touchdown of the season. I do remember him saying that. And you yes. know, so yeah. anyway, at the end of the game, and oh, obviously they, they were up forty-eight. They were they 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 beat. It was forty. I think it was forty-one at that point, and then the touchdown and the uh, PAT made it forty-eight. Hey, they curb stomped the Falcons. They beat the snot out of them, like clipped the wings and roasted them, cooked them, made chicken wings out of them. I mean, that's what they did to them. Deep fried uh, Falcon. Deep fried Falcon. Exactly is what they did to them. And so Arthur Smith at the end of the game, he's he's hot. He's coming over to the to the mid midfield. And you can see the steam and, coming out of his will, ears. I will say this the bleep button did not work. When you had that, when you had those live mics on and he was, and he was upset talking. I think, uh, uh, Allen, uh, uh, the coach of the Saints, uh, I, I can't think just Derek Allen was, uh, was the coach's name. I know Allen is his last name, but, uh, anyway, I know Arthur Smith's name because he won't be there for long from what I've been hearing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he was like, oh, that's some, that's some real BS, you know, is what he said. And, 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 he, and he said Dennis the full Allen, word. Dennis Allen, Dennis Allen. Hey, and Dennis Allen had the greatest reply. When somebody is hot and bothered, I understand. <laughs> that's all he said. He's like, I understand. I'm dying. When he said, no apology, it was just, I understand, coach. <laughs> that's it that is like hey i can't apologize and there was no apology it was no just like hey, hey, hey man i understand i understand why you're upset that's cool it's like, be upset is what he told him i love it i love it man that was great so um fun day man i'll tell you we the nfl is just such a great television show and the last week of the season such a great television show um so uh props to uh Props if your team. Hey, get, let me give a shout out. I saw this tweet um, earlier, and I wanted to make sure to shout out the three, the only, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the only three NFL, head, black NFL head coaches, Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Todd Bowles of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and DeMarco Ryans of the Houston Texans. All three, all three. Made the playoffs. Made the playoffs. That's all we say. That's all we say about that. You know, uh, bet on black. And look, the Steeler, Mike Tomlin, all he does is uh, win lose. games, not lose, uh, has never had a losing season 
has never had a under 500 season yeah, as 17 a coach seasons. in 17 seasons. Uh, the greatest streak uh, that might be, I, I don't know if that's the, the, the it's, longest it's, it's the longest to start a career. But, and he's only had one job, and he'll probably only yes. have one job, uh, and that is the head coach of the Steelers. I call him hashtag I, leader of men. I would I love think... to and play. I would love to play for Mike Tomlin. I would love to just to to, to capture the uh, the essence of Mike Tomlin one one summer, like on an internship. I'd love to just intern for Mike Tomlin one summer, man. I that would be a great job. Yeah, I think Tom Landry uh, may have the overall record for the most consecutive uh, winning seasons. I'd have to go back and Google it. I'm going off the top of my head with that. Uh But I know for to start a career is Mike Tomlin. All right. And then, of course, Todd Bowles, uh, who took over for – oh, who was the coach uh, before him um, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, oh, he was a former. He was a former Colts uh, OC. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Always wore the cane goals. Anyway, um, he took over for just do a quick search. Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, head coach. Uh, head coach Super Bowl. Uh, that would be Bruce Arians. Thank you. Thank you, Google. Bruce Arians, he took over. Matter of fact, Bruce Arians, who actually had a staff full of black men as their head coach. Uh, Netflix was his OC, wasn't he? The Cardinals just blew it. The Cardinals had a chance to win the game on a field goal, but that's all right. That's why you take the plus three on the uh, on the. Uh, <laughs> that's why you play plus three because you still win. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, Cardinals lose by one. But uh, B still wins in real life. So um, Bruce Arians, who hired <laughs> Todd Bowles as his defensive coordinator, among others, mother other black men, you know, uh, had a staff full of uh, brothers. Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. You know. Anyway, they won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. So Todd Bowles, they they. Chico. This is, is this his second year or first year at Tampa? Second. Second. So they won the South, the NFC South. And uh, they ended up winning the NFC South by going by a nine to zero win over the uh, Panthers. Who, speaking of the Panthers, made the worst draft day mistake you could make. You drafted Bryce Young instead of C.J. Stroud, and all C.J. Stroud did was lead the Houston Texans and Demarco Ryan's. Yeah, oh, rookie of the year for doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And Demarco Ryan should probably be coach of the year. So, um, anyway, shout out to those brothers. Even though DeMarco, you know, the Ryan's, he, he beat my Colts. But, hey, man, I, I, I can't hate on the brothers. So, three brothers going into the uh, to the playoffs. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they can get a get a win and play into week two. And, Brian, along with three brothers going into the playoffs, probably the blackest city in America has its team in the playoffs in Detroit. Blacker than Atlanta? Yes. Really? Yeah. Hey, I I didn't know. I mean, you know, outside of Ch- outside of Chocolate City, DC, <laughs> Detroit. That's interesting. Okay, I you know, I would have never uh, I would have never thought that, but uh, that's that's a good that's a good one. So yeah, Detroit, the Lions going to the going to the uh, playoffs for the first time in like thirty something years. 
Um, so all, always great stories, man. I haven't I, won I, a playoff I, game since 1991 when Barry Sanders was running back. I know, I know. Hey, you guys let I think me know. Rodney Peake was the quarterback. I think 2024, Drew, is the year I I, I do my my all general sports uh, podcast. I I, I listen. I, you know, I I consume too much sports to not to not have a show uh, where we talk about other non HBCU stuff. But anyway, um, you know, it, it's gonna come. It's gonna come. Let me give a quick shout out to a few people here. Um, let me see. Kylan says uh, Detroit might be blacker than DC at this point. Wow, yeah, that's he <laughs> might be right. That's that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, appreciate everybody coming in. Uh, Walter Harley, appreciate you uh, checking in in Waldorf, Maryland. Interesting, Waldorf, Maryland. I'm gonna have to uh, Google that. Yeah, go Google that. Where what what is that near? What is that near? Uh, Maryland ain't but so big of a state anyway. So I guess you can't be too far away from anything. Really in Maryland. Uh, go Livingston College Blue Bears. That's what's up. That's what's up. Chuck Hunt checking in from Monroe, Louisiana. Happy New Year. Good to see you, Chuck. Appreciate you. Calvin Rosier checking in. Good old Rattler there. Um, co-host of the ONG Strike Zone every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Is where you can find Kelvin. Jimmy Mack, appreciate you coming in as well. Uh, also, Mary- in south of DC. I'm sorry, in uh, south of DC. Oh, south of DC. Yes. Okay. Uh, Mary 305. Appreciate you. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Uh, let's see what else. Anybody else? Edwin Moore checking in. Good to see you, Edwin. Thanks for checking in. Appreciate you, Rattler 32114. It's three two one one four. It's a zip code. Okay, I, I peeped that. Like but, a zip code. Okay, three two one one four. Drew, yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, thumbs up button. Those of you who are watching this on YouTube, uh, wherever you're watching this, if you're on Facebook, hit the thumbs up as well. Appreciate you. Look, so, look. Obviously, we started the show a little bit later than normal. We usually start our show eight uh, six o'clock Eastern. That's uh, my fault. So, yeah, that's all right. We, we're not going to be here long. We're here for a good time, not a long time. Um, a, a, A&T Roy, Detroit's uh, GM is an Aggie. Okay. Well, uh, that'll be interesting. I wonder what kind of that's, – that's a good job. Interesting that the Detroit Lions are, are in, the, in the playoffs. I don't know. Is there any chance that the Rams and Lions are going to play? That's the matchup I want to see. Matt Stafford – coming back to Detroit to take on the Lions, a team that he couldn't lead to the playoffs. But uh, that's the that's the matchup that has to happen. I don't know. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm just looking at something in the NFL. Guess what, Drew? That is the matchup we get. Rams coming to the Lions. Oh, my God. The city of Detroit will not be able to sleep. That is going to be an epic matchup. Uh, Eagles travel, travel to the Buccaneers. Uh, they're they're limping. They're limping bad, man. It's a good time to clip the Eagles' wings. Uh, and then the Packers are traveling yeah. to the Cowboys. Cowboys. That's scary. That's scary. Yeah. Um, Aggie Pride, what up, Jeff Roberts? Do we have an AFC set? No, because it has to be determined tonight. That's the right. AFC is going to be based on the game coming up later tonight between the Bills and the uh, – uh, Dolphins. 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 The winner 
gets the AFC East, and the loser, I think, moves into the five spot. So, guaranteed both teams are in the playoffs, but it's a matter of who wants to host that home game, if I, if I, if I think so. Uh, I did want to give a shout-out, uh, Aggie Pride there. Uh, how about those North Carolina AMT Aggie, the men, uh, getting a good start to the uh, CAA season. I don't know. Did they play today? I got to check and see. Before we get into talking about some basketball stuff, we're going to, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the uh, diaspora. Uh, Drew, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been so consumed with things going on in Tallahassee that, uh, you know, I kind of keep, well, I got four of them. So I keep two eyes focused on fam and one ear on fam. And then my other two eyes are, are over here on the rest of the diaspora. So um, I, I count on sometimes the great websites that uh, that cover um, HBCU sports uh, on a on a more frequent basis than than uh, than than we do in terms of print. Uh, HBCUsports.com, HBCUgameday.com, uh, HBCU Sports net uh you know alex hines site so all of those sites are great sites that i kind of to kyle leave mosley. yeah oh kyle, yeah, yeah, yeah kyle H, uh, hbcu legends with kyle mosley uh matter of fact i was just talking to him uh so i'm gonna start there matter of fact speaking of hbcu legends and this is uh obviously last night in the world of college football and the fcs football the FCS awards were presented uh, stats. I think the site stats perform is the one that actually hosts those awards and uh, kudos to them for kind of creating. And, and it's probably about a 20 year run now, maybe a 25 year run where they created something that has sort of had a lasting legacy uh, by recognizing the top players. I think they're almost around 30 years that they've been doing this. Uh, but they've been recognizing the top, what was once known as Division One AA, but now the FCS players. And of course, we know that's where we got you know the teams from the SWAC and the MIAC are. And then there's our 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 cousins that are in the non HBCU conference, uh, and we don't always talk about them because I know we we heavily get into talking about. SWAC and MIAC and SIC and CIAA because it's convenient and they're all packaged together. But we got to always recognize when the, uh, the cousins, so to speak, when the cousins do well, we got to recognize them. And so last night at the at their annual awards, the 29th Buck Buchanan Award went to Terrell Adams. Uh, I believe I said it right. Terrell, maybe it was Terrell, could be Terrell. Uh, Adams, he's a defensive player for Tennessee State University. Um, he is the 2023 uh, Buck Buchanan Award winner, the 29th Buck Buchanan Award winner, which is the FCS's best defensive player in 2023. He's a defensive end. It's the, uh, he is actually the sixth HBCU player to win the award and the third in the last four seasons, third in the last four seasons. Um, if I, if you go back and think 
in 2020, that was the, I believe that was the COVID spring. Jordan Lewis of Southern was the recipient in 2020. Then in 2021, Isaiah Land of Florida A&M won the award. And then, of course, Adams winning it this year in 23. Previous winners were Deion King of Norfolk State in 2015, Rashawn Mathis of Bethune-Cookman in 2002, and Chris McNeil of North Carolina A&T in 1997. So, really, Drew, you could say there have been, what, four over the last, I don't know, is that eight years or less than ten years? Definitely. But even still, when you think about the award is, what, 30 years old, Brian? Yeah. I mean, six out of 30, that's a, that's a pretty good percentage. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, it. of course, it, it's that's named 20%. after. That's 20%. Right. Uh, named after uh, Buck Buchanan, uh, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Buck Buchanan a uh, Tennessee State guy? I can't remember who it's. And you know, it's it's kind of ironic that all the FCS awards, the major awards, are named after an HBCU person. When you look at the awards at the FCS <laughs> level, well, the Jerry Rice Award, the Walter Payton Award, the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year Award. My mistake. My mistake. Don't get me. Uh, Buck Buchanan was actually a Grambling. Uh, Grambling guy, Graham fan. So I knew he was yeah. from one of those. I, I, you know who I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of somebody else uh, who was, uh, I know Ed Too Tall Jones so, came out of Tennessee State. And he's the, he's the, he's the only HBCU player to ever go number one overall. Well, not technically, because Buck Buchanan went number one overall in the AFL. And that's the, right. that's sort in of the NFL. The, yeah, yeah, that's the distinction about you know who was first so anyway uh but yeah all of the fcs awards are named for uh hbcu players and coaches so it it always is interesting i i think it's 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 pretty nice uh when you do have these moments where you have you have one of uh, our own winning the award um during the season adams had 14 and a half sacks, 28 tackles for loss, 10 quarterback hurries, five forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and 65 total tackles. Usually what does it, and I, if I recall when Isaiah Land won it, it's the sacks and tackles for loss. Because uh, if I if I recall, um, uh, Land had like 25 and a half tackles for loss, I don't know, dude, like 19 and a half. Was it 19 and a half or something like that? Yeah. Well, he I know he had I don't know about 19 sacks, but he had he had uh double digit sacks, but it was the tackles for loss, which I oh, think was it was, the next year where he said where he had 19 sacks. Ooh, you got me. You got me. I, I, I know one of them couple of years he had like the 19 sacks. It, it might have been it might have been that same year where it was 19 sacks and 20. Uh, 25 tackles for loss, but I mean, it, it, the numbers. I think when you have those kind of numbers, and usually, like you said, with and I and I think what Tennessee State finished six and five during the year. Um, you know, uh, according to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Buck Buchanan is one of only 14 players in the history of the National Football League draft who have gone from being 
the first overall pick of a draft to earning election into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Buchanan was the overall draft pick of the 1962 AFL draft by the Kansas City Chiefs. A member of the Chiefs Super Bowl forward winning team. He was part of the seven. He was a 71 all pro squad member, played in two Pro Bowls in 70 and 71. And he was honored by the NFL on their 100th anniversary all time team. So appreciate uh, Kyle Mosley, HBCU legends for putting that uh, putting that together. Shout out to uh, Kyle. Where'd you go? You disappeared on me. Well, yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't let the drainage just come down on camera. Oh well, okay, I got you. I got you. I'm like, huh? All right, good. That's good. That's good. That wouldn't have been a good look for you. That would have been a good look. Okay. Um, let's make a quick while we're talking football. Uh, let's make a quick short pivot. Um, we still have head coaching positions that are out there. Uh, Question. Yes. Wait, fam, you get a coach before Texas Southern. You know, that's the question that there, there's a poll on our YouTube page that asked that very question. Uh, let me see. I wonder if I can pull that up and see what that poll says. I wonder how quick I can pull that up. Um, what What do you think? While I'm looking that up, what do you think? If FanView is smart, they go ahead and uh, go ahead and, and make an internal hire. You know, they've done a good job keeping the commits in-house. Matter of fact, one guy, I can't recall his name, you'll probably know, definitely Marcus Green would know, pulled his name out of the portal and decided to stay at Florida A&M, which from, from where I'm sitting, makes me lean towards there's going to be one of the internal candidates that's going to take over. Because that would be the only reason that I think a player will pull themselves out of the portal and they know who the likely candidate is in-house. Um, I don't think that's why a guy would do it. I don't think that's why a guy would do it. I think a guy would do it because he ain't getting offers anywhere else. That's another. That's another reason. <laughs> and, 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 I'm trying to be optimistic. Sometimes the grass ain't always greener, especially when you start looking at other universities. Uh, that's the one advantage that FAMU has. Um, you know, environment, culture, atmosphere. Yeah, you want your playing time, but they may not. There's not always going to be schools that have better uh, lifestyle. You know. Um, so yeah. Uh, okay. So I pulled up the poll, a good, a good number of folks, uh, have voted, uh, on the community tab on the JBN page, JBN one here, 85% of the people who voted do think that Florida A&M will have a head coach before Texas Southern, which is crazy because Texas Southern has, sort of named the coach or you they they put it like this athletic director kevin granger he named it he named his finalist. he had a he had a finalist he had a coach uh one one coach actually came and did an on-site interview and 
that's the name he took to the Texas Board of Regents. And then stuff. Just, and then another, and now another coach has came and done an interview. Yeah, so or oh, oh, it's rumored to do an interview. I don't know if he's actually done it yet. It hasn't done it yet. So here's the latest that I got after my, from my conversation um, with uh, with Kyle is that the and obviously the, the the big rumor was or the big discussion was that you know a couple of board regent members, um, yeah, uh, Edwin Edwin says they hijacked the process. Now the question is. Did they hijack the process or by some default means here, are they sort of showing a lack of confidence in the selection by the AD, which you just hired the AD for his ability to be able to name a coach? Check that, Brian. They just extended the athletic director. Right, right. So they extended his knowing, and when you extended this athletic director, you knew your football coach's contract was coming coming up, up, was the next contract that you had to make a decision on, right? Right, and so for a couple of regents to sort of make them make it so that a vote couldn't go through, is what I understand. Um, apparently the word is that they are, they want to see Andre Johnson, former Houston Texans wide receiver, who I still keep trying to figure out is Andre Johnson even coaching. Has he been coaching somewhere or is he just a former NFL player that they're just hoping because of his ties with the Texans? And I I don't, you know, it's just, it's such a curious relationship between Andre Johnson and said board members. Yeah. Is it a direct relationship? Is it via a agent slash and most a lot of agents or lawyers or even Andre Johnson, even if that's not his agent, he still has an attorney. I mean, there it, it tends to land that there is some type of relationship that they are uh you know empowering to try to push Andre Johnson into this position. So, and and the loser in all of this is Fred McNair. Yeah, definitely it's uh, Fred McNair. Um, Fred McNair, who, of course, he essentially kind of played the negotiating game, to my knowledge, with Alcorn, because he had the offer or sort of had a uh, an offer uh what do you want to say in a an agreement or sort of a a casual agreement uh with had an offer he at least had an offer i guess that's the best way of saying it had an offer from texas southern went back to alcorn to try to see if alcorn could match a number that he had in mind alcorn kind of pivoted and was like yeah, no, we're not going to offer you that. We're going to choose to stay in-house with your defensive coordinator. And pretty much that was it, you know. And then so I think a lot of people thought, okay, well, that happened. Then here comes the Fred McNair to Texas Southern thing. And then all of a sudden the board was like, yeah, hold on a second. 
Um, so the latest that I've heard, Drew, is that, yes, there are a couple of new candidates in the mix, some names that many people don't know of. I think Kyle did a good job of kind of reporting uh, on some of those names, but they're not names that are publicly known. I mean, they are less well-known than Andre Johnson and definitely less, less well-known than Fred McNair. And so after, you know, people have been on vacations, I know Granger was on vacation. The interim president of the university was on vacation following him. And I think this week you're going to, you're going to see sort of a, I'm not going to say a reset of the process, but there may be some new candidates that come on campus, do some on-site interviews, just to kind of maybe it's one, it's do one of two things, Drew. It's either going to showcase that, hey, Fred McNair is really the guy that we want, or it's going to serve as uh, that that uh, that validation that those people those regents who have sort of got in the way of this process and sort of shown a lack of faith and confidence in Kevin Granger, that we, we need to go somewhere different. Like, you know, we are who we are. Maybe, maybe they're thinking we are who we are. We, we not, you know, we paid a lot of money to the last coach and look what it got us. We could have paid maybe a hundred thousand less than that with somebody who might do better. And you think you're going to get Andre Johnson cheaper than you got? No, maybe not Andre coach? Johnson. Not, maybe not Andre Johnson, but if you – I'm mentioning you, – and, and you was not going to get Fred cheaper either. Uh, well, but that's why I just said, you, you you know, the validation could be you go to get somebody – Yeah, you go to somebody less than I, – I don't know, man. It's a, Like I said, it, it's – Brian, uh, you get what you pay for. That's not always true. But but part of that is that's not always true, Drew. But 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 here's the thing: they paid, and, they paid Clarence McKinney, Drew. They played they played they paid Clarence McKinney almost top notch salary. What did but, that do but, for Texas Southern? Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Here's the question. Got paid top notch money. What did that get Grambling? But here's the question: What is your coaching pool look like? Are we putting all the money? In for the head coach, and the head coach just does deserve a decent salary because everything starts and stops with him. But you can pay him all the money in the world, but if he can't go out and get an adequate staff, the man can't coach every position, especially not at this level. This is not YMCA. <laughs> so you have got not only do you have to make your investment. In your head coach, Brian, you have to make your investment in your total coaching pool. Now, obviously, we know the thing with facilities. Every university has its challenges with facilities, and that is something that you cannot correct overnight. But right. getting coaches who understand the lay of the land, understand the challenges with your facilities, and are willing to work with you. And work for a decent salary. These people, these people have to make a living. They have, they have their families also. And in the, in the world of coaching college athletics, Brian, with the hours that you put in, I'm, I don't care how much you pay them. You're never going to get what you're worth at any level. But 
Can you get something that you accept, that's comfortable, that your family can can live with? Um, look, there was a letter that the Texas Southern National Alumni Association sent to the Board of Regents um, with the with the expressed, and I'm, I'm trying to see if I can pull it up. I don't know how, uh, let me see if I can pull it up and maybe read or, or pull a clip of it here from, uh, let's see. Uh, it, it's really just a plea to the, uh, to the board uh, Board of Regents to to swiftly um, move this process along uh, for the betterment of the program, you know. Um, and so I, I you know, it, it brings you know that 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 brings me to you know the other university that is also looking for a coach. And they're in a different situation, but who knows? They could be in a similar situation, obviously. I mean, Florida A&M, uh, it's now been about a week since Coach Simmons uh, turned in his resignation. And so I'm sure that over the past week, the uh, athletic director, VP, Tiffany Dawn Sykes, has been talking to candidates, obviously rumored to have talked to Trey Oliver. Uh, there's even a belief that uh, uh, current Kansas City Chiefs assistant, uh, I believe Terry Braden or Braden is his name, uh, that he, at least he's been on campus, uh, so he may have interviewed for the position. Not fully sure if the in-house candidates have been interviewed, probably. Uh, and then also you got the AFCA going on this week, Drew. So I think that's going to be an interesting dilemma in this. The American Football Coaches Association, which is like the big clinic for coaches happening in Tennessee right now, um, would not be surprised. Somebody somebody in Tallahassee, check uh, the private plane and see if uh, VP Sykes has uh, taken or taken or chartered a plane up to Nashville, Tennessee, because apparently she does have a lot of connections, a lot of football connections. And that'd be a great place for her to conduct some interviews. What did you want to jump in there, Andrew? From what I know about these type of coaches conventions, the AFCA, the NABA, et cetera, et cetera. This is, these conventions are not designed for head coaches as far as getting head coaches jobs. This is more where those assistant and coordinator roles tend to be filled or tend to have have the candidates uh, picked out of based on those uh, personal connections because you find out that you uh, so-and-so is looking for a coach and you had those little sidebar comments that lead to conversations over the next week. Uh, so that's what that is. You don't too often see a head coach come out of a convention such as this, just from historically speaking. Okay. 
Well, but it, it is a place where if you're looking at guys who aren't currently head coaches, well, I mean, wouldn't this be a place where you actually, you know, have a chance to kind of conversate with a few of them? But let's see, you, you missed the key thing, Brian. <laughs> athletic directors aren't going to be there at that level in this type of fit. If athletic directors were there, and along with coaches, that's where you can see those type of connections come with. But this is these are the type of events where you see staffs starting to take shape. Okay, uh, I'm on the Maybe list not to, publicly. No, 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 not publicly, but privately. Hey, 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 Brian, uh, I'm on. I'm on the list for the uh, interview with so-and-so and so-and-so. If I get that job, would you be interested in me becoming my OCDC, my running back coach? That's where those type of conversations are had. If I get this job, would you be interested in coming to this, this city with me? Those are the conversations that go on here. Okay. So let's hear, uh, hypothetically speaking, a coach who may be new to the process uh who is likely to be the head coach maybe talking to his potential OC DC other yes. position coaches at this right okay so that's interesting so right. the community- and also that conversation goes further if if I if every head coach knows who their hot candidate is that so-and-so is looking at their OC, the DC, their running back coach, et cetera, et cetera. If my running back coach goes over to this school, and, I, and I'm sorry, I use running back, uh, family, but if my running back coach goes over to this school, would you be interested in coming over uh, as a running back coach? Or I'm going to move my wide receiver coach up to coordinator. Would you be interested in becoming a wide receiver if I should lose the offensive coach? So that's the other level of conversation that has. And this is a good place for those GAs and student assistants to get their first full-time job. That's another thing that happens at a convention like this. Good stuff. Um, well, I I don't know if, you know, we – I would hope that if uh, sites – is working swiftly like she says or has said she will that this week by the end of the week she will have a name to present to the president and the board and say and even want to be able to announce a coach um king day is monday will either monday. team will either team have a coach by king day Ooh. Man, wish I would like because, to, I would because, like to yes, but I got a I got a thought no. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with no and be surprised if there's a yes. Let, let's take let's take it one step further, Brian. In four Wednesdays. Thirty one days. National Signing Day. Thirty one days. Thirty one days. I just saw a post by uh uh, our, uh, I'm trying to find a way to nice, nice. I'm trying to say, trying to figure a way how to say it nicely. From uh, D, from D. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. She, she, uh, from she of D. Yeah. Messy. But, 
good, 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 uh, good lady though. Uh, good young lady. But anyway, um, 31 days. That's, I looked it up. It is actually February 7th. So we are exactly 31 days from national signing day from today. Okay. So yeah, it is four weeks. Um, that's a hope, David. That's a hope that FAMU will move faster than Texas Southern. That's the hope. I won't say it's guaranteed, but uh, especially if if her – here's what could derail that, David. I'm just speculating. Work it's out about who her selection is. And I've already kind of seen with a couple names that have been that have been bantered about, and I've seen the instant reaction to it. Yeah, that – that's going to that's gonna be – because, again, if it has to go through the board of trustees for approval, that's where it's going to be like, er, wait a minute, what? Who are you talking about bringing in here for this? So if if I was Tiffany, I, before, when Simmons turned in this paperwork, the first question I would have asked is, what is the process? How much of this process do I control? Or with other factors coming in, because I will not be looking like Texas Southern in this situation when I make a recommendation and the board or the president says no, I will not make that recommendation in public, and and y'all will y'all will shoot me down. So I need to know what the process is, and we need to do all these moving behind behind the doors. If you don't like a candidate when I submit that name up. Long as we behind the closed doors, we can fight all day. But in public, we need to be on one page, one accord, one one person speaking. Well, I think that conversation happened long ago. I, I'm, I'm just hoping that have, that has happened. And I think also you got to look at the fact that how quickly she hired uh, Bridget Gordon to be her head women's coach. Now, you know, I know there's no comparison between you know the women's basketball coach and the football coach, but it is a it is a profile position, uh, and she hired a profile person. So that it, it was a there was a low low expectation level. So maybe yes, she was able to get somebody that uh, was sort of to the left of everyone's expectations. But you know, I think she got a good one, and so if she was able to autonomously make that hire, it stands likely that she will it's it's gonna be a case of the names that she presents. Obviously there's gonna be two or three names that are gonna meet with Dr. Robinson, Dr. Larry Robinson, the president, right? I would imagine. Maybe one, but I would imagine maybe two or three, right? Uh if you're doing the search really, you know, um and it's like I said, the 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 rumor, the the when the name of that person gets out, the instant reaction will will either be positive or negative, you know. Um, and I think if it's extremely negative, I don't see how that choice will make it through. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I think, I think, I think we we the. The power of uh, uh, social media and our ability to connect and to reach out is so strong nowadays that, you know, we can instantly, I find when, I, when people instantly find out something, 
they are instantly DMing, texting, sending emails, and it's a much faster response these days. And so, you know, I, I would it'll just be interesting. It's an interesting process of whether and I, I've said it, I, I narrowed it down to this, Drew, and I and I'm gonna move off of this for a second. I think this is a hire that will show how she values the FAMU culture and history and the legacy of it. Because the one thing that I found interesting in the hire of Bridget Gordon, Bridget Gordon is a Floridian. Many people may not know that. She's from out of Florida. She was a Florida Miss Basketball, one of the great players in the state of Florida, basketball players, and that was recruited to go play in Tennessee and then became one of the great Tennessee legends, right? When they went to the Women's College Basketball Hall of Fame, there were, there were, you know, she, she's one of the Hall of Famers there in that, in that museum, okay? Um, and then she went on to do great things, but she's from Florida. She knows about FAMU. She probably has family members that went to FAMU or that are supporters of FAMU. So if you bring in an outsider like that, you know, who maybe is from the state that knows and has a history through their family connections and ties, I think that is the out to sort of going away from an in-house candidate. And so I'll be interested to see who that person turns out to be. I want to get to this question right here. I don't know if you know the answer to this one, Brian. I think it may be like seven days in the state of Florida. Don't quote me on that. But I know it's definitely not uh, 30 days. Yeah, I I couldn't couldn't even begin to guess. Um, That's a great question. Um, I will reach out to uh, a couple of people and see um and again the fact that this is a university job uh yeah yeah well um yeah i you know of course high school coaches will give a thumbs up i don't i don't you know i i don't know what to take from that but i think again he that name that name fits the criteria of going left. He's from Florida, Riviera Beach. Uh, went went to high school. Even did his first coaching. Did some coaching and in athletic administration as a very young. Coach. Yeah, we heard that. Uh, uh, in 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 Southern Florida, so. Uh, and then he even did a stint of a grad assistant, I think, at Bethune-Cookman and Florida Atlantic. So he had a couple of years in the college, in the college, uh, athlete, in the college athletic coaching world in Florida before he went out to Kansas City and took a job there. So again, go left. You're gonna go left with somebody from the state and the area. I think it's more likely that. She goes left with a candidate like that, then left with Trey Oliver, who Trey Oliver would be would it would the, there might be some people who, who who disagree with this. 
Going from North Carolina Central to Florida A&M is an upgrade. I said it. Yes, I did. It's an upgrade. I'm sorry. But for him, he is a North Carolina Central guy. So the question is, is is, uh, leaving your alma mater, is Trey Oliver leaving his alma mater uh, to go to Florida A&M, who's in a different conference, so it's not like you're leaving and going to another conference. And, you know, is that a is that an upgrade for him? Does it move him closer to doing what Willie Simmons did, which is and that's, going to the FBS? And that's the question that you need to ask. How long would Trey Oliver be willing to stay at a Florida A&M? Yeah. You know, I, it, would, would you be putting yourself in the same Willie situation, which kind of brings up what I was going to add, right? Do you go with a more seasoned person for the coaching hire this time instead of the younger hotshot head coach like Willie was when he took the job? Because Willie was in his 30s when he took the job. Uh, Wait wait, wait a minute. Took what job? Took the FAMU job? Yes. Yes. Willie was in his late 30s at that point. Yeah. Because Willie's only what? 42 now? 43. 43. Okay. So do you go with a late 30s, early early 40s candidate who may still be looking to move up to the FBS level? Or do you get someone maybe in their mid-50s who is good with being at FCS and maybe may be able to stay around for a decade or so in Florida and everything should they have the success? We have to. I'm I'm a, an agreement with my guy Marcus, and I can't wait to put the article. I'm moving away from this thought about being around for ten years. Willie ruined that for me. Coach Simmons, he ruined it for me because I had been saying for the longest, if Coach Simmons stay around for ten years, he'll go right from being uh, the head coach of FAMU to the head coach at an at a at the next level. I really I really believe that. Now call me foolish. Sometimes I've been called a lot of things by a lot of people. But that's just my thought. I thought that if if he stayed and he had the kind of success uh, for a decade, I mean, he's already considered one of the top. He's on the Mount Rushmore probably already of FAMU coaches already. He's on the Mount Rushmore right there next to Jake, Billy Joe, Rudy Hubbard, Willie Simmons. He's on the Mount Rushmore I'm, with all respect to, you know, Ken Riley and Joe Taylor. Joe Taylor. With all respect. With all respect to those two. No, no offense. Can can you really make a Mount Rushmore at FAMU? Because Jake is in the category by himself. Then you got a Rushmore. I mean, look, well, I mean, George Washington is on the Mount Rushmore. Abe Lincoln is there. I mean, of course you can have that. That's why it's called Mount Rushmore, because you put the four greatest up there. Is if, 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 who's, but, who's but Jake is Jake is the GOAT at FAM. I mean, some people might say Abe Lincoln is the go-to president. I don't know. I, I'm just that's just that, I'm gonna leave that for U.S. history teachers to debate with high school students. I but I, that's just I'm just saying that's that's what people say. So yes, that's why you have a Mount Rushmore. You know, um, that's why you have a Mount Rushmore. So uh, um, wait a minute. I'm sorry. You hold on a second. Uh, Central would find the money to keep. Well, 
first off, Jeff, I think there's I've been told that there was an extension already for Trey Oliver. So he supposedly I don't know where this is at. I can't find the information, but supposedly he is already or already being paid as one of the top coaches in HBCU or he will be. Um, so, um, yeah, well, uh, Simmons was at FAMU for six years. Yeah, five seasons, six years. That is a long time. Broadway was at A&T for seven. Um, you know, when, when you have success and you're winning, you know, the next level is always going to look for you. And so I think that's why we have to move out of that mindset of our coaches staying around for 10 years. I mean, you, you want coaches to have the opportunity to move forward. And just like any great job, I mean, look, Drew, I dream of this show that we do one day. I mean, I look, I want it to be simulcast on, uh, I don't know, give me a, what, whatever, whatever national network is uh, uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, have a bigger reach than what we have. I mean, it's the same internet. We got a great reach, but you know, I'm not going to lie. If, if NBC sports or, you know, somebody came up and said, Hey, we love your show, man. We don't have any shows that focus on HBCU content. Well, can we simulcast your show? Hell yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, the black Matter of fact, network, we, Sylvia Jet, we could, we, we could fly into whatever city you want to and do it live in, in studio exactly, together. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, so who's nobody wants to hold back progress. Don't hold back. You can't. And, and the only reason I say that because the money, man, the money is so much greater and everybody deserves to have that opportunity to make more money. And this is where universities like what fam you just did in raising money that kind of thing should be done annually now just imagine if you're able to turn that around i, I like that mary three or five even sirius xm exactly sirius xm come on man we'd love to simulcast on sirius xm that's a great out that's a great reach um imagine if that same group of fans went and purchased season tickets and you know did other things as well so you know i just think there's an opportunity there man i, I really do i think there's a a great opportunity uh there hey real quick drew because i got to get these in who you like tonight bills or uh dolphins bills are two and a half point road favorite is i don't care choice oh man so you know you're no fun uh, if I'm a pool, somebody, uh, come on, what do you guys I, think? I, I, I got a pool, I got a pool. Bills, the champs have picked the bills. I like that. Bills, I, I two and a half. uh, you're going with Tua? Oh, yeah, yeah. crazy. I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to see how many touchdowns Josh Allen's gonna score. That's what I'm looking at. I'm gonna ride or die with the bills. I think that's what I'm gonna do tonight. All right. Um, Miami, I'm sorry, Mary. I can't go with – I think the Bills have been playing a little bit better. We'll go. We'll see what happens. I'm riding. There it is. It's locked in. Bills minus two and a half on the road. I'm going with the, I'm going with the Bills. Bills Mafia invading South Florida tonight, baby. Um, let's take a break. <laughs> yeah, let's let's take a break. I want to ask some great questions in the uh, 
chats I wanna I wanna uh mention and also we gotta we gotta mention a little basketball talk here before we get out again. We're here for a good time, not a long time. We're not gonna stay for our normal extended time. So we appreciate everybody watching. Those of you who are watching on IG, we appreciate you. Go ahead and uh if you guys hit up the chats, if you're in the comments, go ahead and hit the chats up. I can see the uh the IG feed. So appreciate those folks. Uh Melly Mel jumped in. I see Melly Mel jumped in. Nick News joined us. Grady NC, Coach Donnie 12. Uh, I am Newt 3 joined in. Happy Founders Day to uh, you, brother, and all of the uh, brothers of Kappa Alpha Psi who had their Founders Days a couple days ago. I know we're about to hit that mode, Drew, where everybody's every having day. their Founders Day. Yeah, every, <laughs> every other day. Up. I mean, somebody is like, how many organizations have Founders Days in the month in of January? January? I, I think uh, there's going like to be a five lot. or six of them. There's at least five or five. I mean, how many are there? There are nine. So there's going to be yeah, at least about nine. Half yeah. of the divine nine is like it's a January. It's coming up. I know, I know, I know my, my sister and my mom are, are AKA. So I know that's coming up on the 15th. I know that for sure. And I think Delta's got one. Everybody's got every, so founders founders month on the HBCU Greek diaspora. So uh, there we go. So hey, let's take that break. Come back. You're watching the BCS in Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU diaspora, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the uh, BCS Sam Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, still trying to navigate through something here. It's good to be here in the state of Florida. I think I missed the window. God dog it. Anyway. Um, all right, I'm going to leave it alone. Got no when to say when, Drew. Keep. Key rule. Key rule out there. You got to know when to say when, folks. <laughs> if you, hashtag if you know, you know. <laughs> uh, Drew, you can live through me, man. It's okay. I understand. You can't comment, but you can live through me. Uh, no comment. No comment. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, let me ask. Let me answer this question. Um Tim Young asked, do I think Dr. Robinson and Willie Simmons' race relationship was solid? As a rock? No. no. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. No. Um, um, let's just say professional. Professional. I, From what I heard, you know, take this for what it is, word on the street, whatever, just, you know. Barbershop talk. Courses, barbershop talk. Barbershop talk. This is what I'm, I'm sharing, barbershop talk. Um, uh, Dr. Robinson, I don't think was disappointed or crying any tears that coach moved on. I just don't think he was. You know, um, did he did he donate to the uh, to did he donate to the to bring Willie back fund? Probably not. Um, but you know, from what I was told, the, he was also the money could have been made available, and we didn't have to go through all of that. But you know. I think that's where I've said our lack of a, I don't think it's a lack of appreciation for Willie Simmons. What Willie Simmons did in the face of bonuses not being paid to him, that compliance stuff from 2020, what year was that? Two? One. One, one or two? I two. It was two. Two. It was two. It was two. Yeah. 
four. Well, we talked about this. How many? Four ADs over five terms. Terms. Yes, man. The only and and, and you were the consistent. Doctor Larry Robinson was the consistent. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can. And none of those ads. Well, when did when did uh, Tiffany Dawn Sykes take the position last year? About this when time she last year, the, uh, it's, it's her this, one year anniversary was like last weekend or this past so weekend. He, so he never had an ad for a calendar year. Uh, let me see. He hired Gaucher. 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 Because Gaucher got hired in 2019, right before the, uh, right before the Florida Classic. Because I remember meeting him that year at the Florida Classic. And but he just. But when he when did he start? I'm, I'm not talking about. He got hired because he he was probably, at the Florida Classic and he was not a, he was not it, the AD it, yet. 2020, probably January 2020. If they right pre pandemic. You know, the camp calendar year. So then, of course, he he helped FAMU through the process of of the uh, yeah the pandemic and the transition. The pandemic, the transition to the swag. And he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't and stay. He wasn't there for the transit transition. Yes, he was. Drew. April of twenty twenty one is when he left. Is when he he resigned. Right. So or, he never saw the swag. Was about to be pushed out the door. And fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, right. he did not see the fall 2021 season. Right. He never saw the swag. Correct. Right. No. Yeah. That's what. That's why I was going with that. But again, remember, we announced we were going into the swag. Right. Probably, maybe. Yeah, July of 2020. Yeah. Another question, one more question. David Garner asked, what about Mike Pitcher? I say, what about Mike Pitcher? I would have to wonder, why did he leave Campbell? I still haven't heard the backstory of why he left Campbell. We're losing you, Brian. Brian, we need to get your bike together. Damn it. There it is. We heard that. <laughs> right. uh, anyway, why did why did Mentor why did Mentor leave Campbell? I mean, you know, there hasn't been any no news on that front. So it is what it is. Uh, let's let's move on. Um, <laughs> well, Eric. You know, you 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 do understand. You know, if there's a job that you're gonna lose your at your coach to, it's it's always it's always the alma mater. When you, I mean, just remember that. You always take a look, and you should always be worried if your coach is somewhere, and you always, especially if it's a step up, then it's always a who is the uh, who is his alma mater, and will he leave for his alma mater? You know, that's an interesting thought, Clarence. But is it the ADs that are having little patience or is it the fan base? What do you think? I think it's the fan base. 
Prime spoils y'all. Did he really? Yes. Prime spoils y'all. It's got everybody chasing a unicorn. Everybody's chasing a unicorn once again. Willie didn't help now. Because if you think about it, outside of that 2018 season, when Gabe, you still had a shot to win the VAC, Willie has put up outrageous numbers. Mm-hmm. So Prime was a unicorn, but Willie didn't help the situation. Uh, it is interesting when you look at that. Uh, I think I heard I mean, Dr. Bill say this. Two losses over the last three years. What's that? Fan, uh, Willie Simmons, two losses over the last three years. 71-71-80-0. Look, the best, of, the best of the best moved up. 22-2. So, so now, you know, who's next? You know, the last holdover from the 2021 year is, and that was the year, and I think Doc brought this up, the year of the expansion, the only holdover from 2021 is Connell Maynard. And and their folks, their folks in certain places about running it, yeah, about running him out. So uh D Lob, you got jokes. I'm gonna let you just stay. I'm not even gonna put that up. I'm gonna let you stay in the chat room. Don't you put that up, Drew. I'm gonna just let I ain't I ain't even seen it. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for it. Oh laugh. <laughs> Don't look for it. I'm just laughing. Oh, I, I found it. Yeah, let it stay. <laughs> Stay where it is. You got jokes. <laughs> I see it now. <laughs> You're funny. Ha ha ha. <laughs> um, I, who's anyway? Yeah, he's got he's got jokes. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Those so, y'all on YouTube see it. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to come over into the YouTube chat if you want to see uh, how ridiculous some folks are. Come on, why can't I get the uh, anyway? I gotta move on because it's like man, we got thirty minutes left for this show. Let's move on, man. I know, I know. Hold on a second. Let me try to. Um, who else hasn't named the coach? Morehouse hasn't named the coach, correct? Correct. Saint uh, Saint Aug. Saint Aug hasn't named the coach. They got stuff going on at Saint Aug, right? Didn't, didn't, that, didn't that the school where the that they had the coach who was practicing in the parking lot and stuff like that. And, and now he's suing them. Fired him and he's suing them now. Yeah, they got, yes. they got stuff going on. Um, who else? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's somebody else that that has an opening now. No, that's, that it? I think that's it as of now. Everybody else has named their coach. Okay, good for them. And don't expect Morehouse or St. Augustine to move anytime soon. Ooh. They may they may have one by the end of Black History Month. Wow, why do you, why do you think that? Why do you think those will be so uh, so late? Different barbershop that I go to tells me that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. There you go. <laughs> yes. Um, oh yeah, Benedict. Good job. Uh, Eric oh yeah, Andrew, Benedict. Benedict. Yeah, um, that'll be it. That'll be, and and that's a that's a 
Uh, among the the three Division two programs, I mean, Benedict is the is the spot. I mean, that's the spot where you want to go. If, if Benedict uh, continues to fund their program at the level that they funded it at for the last couple of years, yes, that would be. Now, Benedict, correct me if I'm wrong, I think five of their coaches, four or five of their coaches went over to South Carolina State with uh, Coach Barry. Well, let's see. I just pulled up the article here, right here on uh, HBCUGameDay.com, courtesy of South Carolina State Athletics. Uh, Coach Jennis Berry introduced some members of his coaching staff. Um, So I don't know if – let's see. So Jonathan Williams – will be the OC and quarterbacks coach, Jordan Odifer, the DC and linebackers coach. Both of them were with Barry at Benedict. So, of course, uh, that high-powered offense, that swarming defense, quote-unquote, um, those two, those are two big gets for him uh, coming over from uh, the basically move up the road, I guess, right? Yeah. And truthfully, depending on where they already live, that they may not even have to move. Right, right. Uh, also, looks like he named a uh, new special teams coordinator, a defensive line coach, and a tight ends coach and a cornerbacks coach. I'm just looking to quickly read here and see whether any of them are from Benedict as well. It doesn't really mention that they are. Maybe they are. Um, David Blancher will actually remain on the South Carolina State staff. Uh, I guess he has been there for nearly 30 years. Uh, obviously, with the two previous coaches, Coach Pugh and um, uh, before Pugh was, help me out here, Jeffries, Coach Jeffries. Jeffries right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's been there for, for both of them. Um, so he'll. He will coach defensive tackles and serve as director of alumni relations slash director of player development. They also retained an offensive line coach. Uh, so, and he also remained, uh, also uh, remaining will be uh, a coach who's director of recruiting slash academic coordinator. So, yeah. Uh, that's a good merge of your guys with the existing guys with the existing guys, you know? Right. Um, so now here's the difference between the Benedict situation and the family situation, Brian uh-huh. coach Barry becoming a head coach at another institution took coaches with him, gave them opportunities to advance with him to that new level. Right. Where in, in the FAMU situation with uh, Coach Simmons just going to be a position coach at a higher level, his coaching staff remain in place to make the decision that's best for them and give whoever the next coach is the opportunity to retain them or should, should they have opportunities to go somewhere else in the interim or after the new coach gets there, 
you know, they explore their opportunities. So that's the big difference in those two situations. Great point. And, right. And I got I, I got to touch on this one, Clarence. Uh, black coaches in our committee, you might as well consider uh, white coaches. Clarence. I don't all, believe, you don't believe that. You don't believe that, do you, Clarence? Please. Coaches are, coaches are committed to, to one thing, and that is the betterment of their situation. If they can get the right situation at their school, whether they're black or whether they're white, they will stay there. But if they get the opportunity to move on, because just like an athlete, a student athlete, the shelf life of a coach is short. And when you hot, you better take advantage of it and maximize your earning potential class. And I don't care if they're black, white, green, yellow, brown, whatever, they're going to take advantage of it if they're smart. So, uh, I'm not gonna let you put that off on black coaches. Yeah, that that's not a. That's yes, coaches, a, coaches are selfish, right? Uh, Clarence. <laughs> what do you say? Coaches are selfish. Coaches are selfish, just like players are selfish. Hey, everybody trying to put them. Say, players are selfish. They trying to do what's best for them. So if they have opportunity to play at the next level. They can do whatever's best to put them at the next level. And coaches are the same way. They're going to coach and do what they can so they have the opportunity at the next level. Every coach is coaching for their next job because very few coaches get to walk away from the job that they're at on their own terms. So they're always coaching for the next job. 99% of coaches, 99% of coaches, Right, get fired. Are underpaid. Well, okay, yeah, that that too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> We're going in two different directions. Are underpaid, and yes, they they realize that they can be fired at any moment. You're you're as good as the last season, or the the or as bad as the last complaint against you. So, you know that that is that is the nature of. The, the, this monster, you know, we we talk about, um, well, that that's why we can't grow. Brian, Clarence, I don't I don't know what your line of work is. Yeah, but I, and and Brian, I'm going to use you for the example since I'm since I know what your line Clarence, of work. Clarence is Clarence is going to have us in a deep discussion, and I wanted to move on to touch on some other things, so I'm going to let you. But I'm going to let you I, put I, him to bed. Um, go okay. ahead. Drew. And I'm going to use you for your line of work, Brian. Uh, Brian is, is an educator. He used to be in that field. Uh, and Brian, if you were to get the opportunity to go teach at, you're at the high school level, correct, right now? Mm-hmm. If, if they were to offer you a professorship at a university with tenure track, for you know maybe 50 percent a 50 percent bump in pay what would you do you're gone i'm oh yeah you're gone i'm looking looking forward to the next uh, opportunity exactly S- same thing i don't care what line of work you're in if you're the bag boy at the grocery store 
and the next grocery store offers you the, the assistant manager's job, you're going to go from bag boy to assistant manager real fast. So that that's <laughs> thank you. Where is my bill? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> That's Clarence. Clarence. I was you not trying. To bring, I wasn't trying to bring this out this year, Clarence. I was trying to. I'm trying to hold on to this <laughs> for someone who really, really needed it because we're going through a crazy search and some times at FAMU. So Clarence, first belt of the year. First belt of the year, Clarence. Stop it. Stop it. We put you in timeout. Damn it, man. Thank you, Chris, for bringing that up. Thank you, Chris. Can I talk about shout out RIP Kofi? Just had to throw that in there. Exactly. Hashtag LL Kofi. Um, yes. um I gotta talk this, about some basketball. I gotta talk about some basketball, Drew, because we had the start of conference season in the SWAC and MIAC yesterday. Um, I spent four hours at the uh, at uh, Moore Gymnasium, historic Moore Gymnasium on the little campus in Daytona Beach uh, with our with our cousins uh, to watch um, FAMU and Bethune. And uh, no, I do not want to talk about FAMU basketball. That's, that's about the... <laughs> No, I know. That's about. That's all I'm going to mention about. <laughs> damn you, damn you, champ. That's all. That's all I'm going to mention is that I was there, and I just, I took a shot at Bethune, and I'm going to leave it at that. Okay, so get off me. Um, but it was exciting to see that there was swag basketball being played. You know, uh, here's some score updates for those of you who didn't. Know. And one of the things that who was it? I think. Was it Liv? Our, our good friend Liv brought this up in the men's in all six men's games. The largest margin of victory was the highest scoring game. Uh, Bethune ended up beating FAMU ninety-eight to eighty-six. Again, I'm not going to talk about giving up ninety-eight points. I'm not going to do it, but it happened. Thankfully, I didn't see a hundred because I was really worried in that final minute that I was going to see a hundred. And let me just say, Reggie Theus. You you a real one, dude? Because you you could have put a hundred on us, and uh, you didn't. Especially you could have been. They could have did us like the Saints. Hey, look, he could have been bitter after the way he got uh, roasted at the uh, Orange Blossom Classic uh, luncheon. He could have been bitter and took that out on the basketball team and dropped a hundred, but he didn't. 
He's a bigger man than me, Drew. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so that was the largest margin of, of uh, victory. But you had um, a one-point contest, uh, Alabama A&M on the road, beating UAPB 63-62. You had a couple of games that went down to a possession, Alabama State on the road, beating Valley 54-51. to um, A couple games that were two possession games. Uh, Grambling State holding on to beat Prairie View, 69-63. Southern holding off Texas Southern, 58-51. And Jackson State with an 88-80 win over Alcorn. But overall, impressive. Impressive debut in the the SWAC. What were you going to add? I got got a problem. Uh Uh-oh. And this has nothing to do with the games. It has to do with the schedule. Okay, let's talk about it. I know where you're going to go. Let's talk about it because I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Go ahead. Let me hear it. How in the hell, Swack, do you have not one, but two rival games on a weekend where most of these institutions have not started school yet? That's Fan you in the school on the beach mm-hmm. and Jackson State Alcorn. And you know, it's funny you bring that up, Drew, because I really thought. No, no, no. Okay. So so here's what here's what happened. Uh those were the, okay, so uh, the way the SWAC does their scheduling, obviously. You're everybody's in groups of two. They're in pairs. Travel partners. Travel partners. So we played our travel partner. Jackson and Alcorn played their travel partner, which means neither of those four teams are playing Monday night. Okay. But for everybody else, they're playing. Uh, now, 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 now that I look at that, you're right. I don't know why. I don't know. Is there unless there's something? And we're all Eastern teams, if I'm not mistaken. Is Alcorn in the East now? Oh, well, there, there is no East-West in the basketball. Oh well, hell, then yeah, you you're right. You're right. You know, we we technically probably should have opened. It's a bad schedule. Um, in a scheduling faux pas because you're right. FAMU and Bethune should have either been in Mississippi, or Alcorn and Jackson State should have been in Florida for games today and Monday. It doesn't make any sense that. No, yeah, yeah. Both pies come to be Florida, right. or both of them go to Mississippi. Right, exactly. Both. So, so now I don't, you know. And and, and now that if those games would happen next week, especially when you consider next weekend, because of how the calendar roll is the King weekend. Right. Right. That's when it would have made a lot of. And, and and scheduling is hard. I, I I'm done schedules. And you you have all different types of stuff that you have to worry about with schedule facility availability and this and that. But just you know, we make sure that certain basketball, excuse me, certain football game are played on certain weekends in the season for tradition or whatever. We need to think about this basketball for the fans you know for the alumni and those the other thing 
then let's see how many to see if this happens. And I hope this doesn't happen. Let's see how many of these games that I'm talking about, these rival games for Preview, Texas Southern, a uh, you know, Alabama State, Alabama AM, etc. etc. Let's hope none of these games happen on a Monday night. Those games need to happen on Saturdays. Why did, okay, I'm just here here. I want to hear the thought. Why I'm gonna ask you why does that matter? Because personally, I don't look at basketball games as travel destination events. Maybe that's how I look at them. Why why do you say those event those games don't need to happen on a Monday? I mean, you're not going to for, for those fans within a two hour radius of the school, they will travel to a game on a Saturday. Take the kids, make make a full day out of it for us for on a Saturday doubleheader. You're not going. You, you know, you're not going to do this for a a five thirty seven thirty Monday night doubleheader. I mean, you got to get up and go to work on Tuesday. But how many? And got to get kids. And got to get kids up to go to school on Tuesday. How many people are you really losing out of that that two hour radius? I mean, I'm losing maybe fifty, maybe a hundred. See, see, here's the thing, and I've been around the college athletics enough to know, Brian. Weeknight games are for the students. Okay, great. Saturday Saturday games are for the alumni and the and, and the general and the general public. It doesn't have to be that way, but I get it. But that's the, that, that that that's that's the tradition. But but if your community, if your basketball community is strong, you can have a you can have a Monday night game that people are excited to go see. They may be excited to go see, but they not but they not taking their Tuesday work off work. The only the only time you could do something like that is next Monday with King Day. But in general, your big basketball games should be played on a Saturday. Here's where I don't. Here's where the schedulers throw me for a loop, right? Because as I'm glancing at the at the schedule. Right, it's the random Thursday games. So here we are going into Monday. Okay, now we already said Bethune and Fam, you aren't playing Monday. Did it talk about? Did anybody play Thursday this week? Well, this upcoming week, yes. No, this past week. No, this past week. No, because the conference. Everybody opened up Saturday. Yeah, everybody opened up Saturday. Saturday. Right. I mean, okay. Yeah. yeah, there, there was a. Uh, there was non-conference games being played. No, the only reason I say that because I know on the uh, on the Division Two level, the schedule kind of went Thursday, Saturday this week instead of the traditional Saturday, Monday. That's why I asked that question. Yeah, and everybody has their thing. Like so, SWAC and MIAC are usually Saturday, Monday with the and, occasional. And so is SIAC. Are they okay? Yeah, I think, but the CIAA does theirs a little different. Thursday, they're usually Thursday, Saturday. Okay. Um, so yeah, coming up on third. So obviously the games on Monday, you've got Alabama State traveling to Pine Bluff, AM traveling to Valley, Texas Southern traveling to Grambling, Prairie View traveling to Southern. And basically that's Thursday, the flip of the that's the flip of the Saturday games. Yeah. Thursday, you've got Alcorn at Alabama AM. So that means Alabama AM would have played Saturday, Monday, and then Thursday. And then they do have another game on Saturday. So we're talking four games for Alabama AM in eight days. 
And who does Alabama A&M play on Saturday? You said exactly. they play Alcorn, Jackson State. They're playing the Mississippi schools because Alabama right. State is playing Jackson State. Right. So Alabama State is also playing. Now, this is the crazy part of the schedule again. Alabama State is playing. So I guess the – so Alabama State nah. and Alabama A&M are playing four games in eight days while FAMU and Bethune are playing once uh, this week. Uh, obviously, they played Saturday, and then they don't play again until the upcoming Saturday, uh, January 13th. All right. Now, how many teams are playing on Monday on King Day? Uh, King Day is a full well, – well, no, no, not full schedule. It's five games. Uh, and there, there you've got – you got five games being played because you have the uh, you have the uh, Louisiana and Florida pairs, Southern and Grambling, Fam and Bethune. So Louisiana schools are coming to Florida. Okay. Uh, let's see. So who's not playing that weekend? Uh, Jackson State has no game on King Day, and they're and all they're Alcorn. Alcorn doesn't have a game on King Day. That would have been the day but, to play but, that. Both teams, that are, again, both teams are playing the third. There, there might be something else going on. I'm curious. Somebody may know well, is there something going on with the. Also, uh, I don't know uh, who. And this is this really advanced thinking right here. I know they've got that uh, HBCU All Star Classic that they always play in February, and there may be a. Those teams may be couple of those teams that are adjusted with their schedule right now. I'm just thinking out loud. I haven't studied the schedule that far. Yeah, you you got me there. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of guys that had a great performance over the weekend. Uh, obviously, the leading scorer what? for the weekend. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's the matter? Keep going. No, I just saw what Lawrence just said. Uh, Jalen Spear led all scores in the SWAC with 32 points. Um, Deshaun Dyson of Bethune had 30. Uh, Colty Young of Jackson State had 26. And Charles Smith, the fourth, Charles Smith, the fourth of Prairie View had 24. Those were your leading scores. From the men's games. Um, over on the women's side, the women's side, again, I'm gonna give a shout out to Liv. She went six for six, Drew, on her uh on her on her picks. Um, so shout, shout out to uh at Liv for Hoops. Uh hopefully you guys are downloading her or checking out her her videos on Twitter on X. Uh, you had Jackson State, 74 to 46, big time win. Uh, Bethune Cookman got an 80 to 76 win over FAMU. Uh, that was a really good game. Grambling State, 82 to 54. Grambling State whooped up on another team by 30, uh, 30 plus, 28 plus. Southern, 64 to 45 over Texas Southern. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff with a 75-67 win over Alabama A&M. And then maybe the closest game of the weekend next to the FAMU-Bethune game was Alabama State on the road 
over Valley. So all the home teams won with the exception of Valley. They lost by three to Alabama State. Uh, individually, mm-hmm. statistic-wise, let me see here. Uh, Olivia Delancey of Florida A&M led all scores on the weekend with 29 points. Um, Zania White of Alcorn. Ariana Grizzle of FAMU. Ryan Payne of Preview and... Uh, Kyla Watson or Warmsley, excuse me, Kaia, maybe Warmsley. I hope I said that right. All four of those young ladies scored 21 points. Question of the day, Drew. When you lead the conference on the opening night, scoring 29 and 32, is that enough to get you SWAT player of the week? Even though it's in a losing effort. Or is it good enough to get you impact player of the week? And I don't know. Can you say you made an impact when you score 32 in a losing effort and 29 in a losing Is that really making an impact? How close was the game? How close and competitive was the game? I mean, you know, uh, for FAMU's women, hell, uh, it's a four-point game. You know, they, they they competed in every quarter. Actually, they won the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it two possessions. I mean, that came, came down to the last two possessions. You have- you have to give in order for you to win with a your team loss. You have to give me something besides points. I need a total. I need a total effort. You know, I need I need some rebound. Now you do that with a double double. Yeah, you get it. Or you give me five, six assists or something along those lines. Yeah, you you may get my vote as someone who votes for this stuff on a weekly basis. All right. Well, none of those right. ladies that I mentioned had any uh, had it had a second had a second stat. They had no second stat to go with it. I don't see anything under rebounds for any of those uh, those names that I mentioned here. So, yeah, no, no. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that how that shakes out. Uh, Doc dropped some info there about the Thursday games. Um, that uh, Alabama A&M and Alabama State moved their rivalry game to Mobile on MLK Day, January 15th. So that's uh, that's why you see those. Uh, that's, why you see those that's why you see those Thursday games. Let's switch um, over to the BAC right quick, Brian. Hold on, I was going to ask real quick. Anybody, I saw on Twitter, and I didn't catch a name. There was a young lady from Jackson State who got injured, and it appeared to be a pretty serious injury. Does anyone anyone in the chat have a name on who that young lady is? I mean, obviously, I I was looking. Angel, oh, no. Well, Israel, uh, you said Angel Jackson had a double-double. Israel, who was the young lady from Jackson State who got injured? In that game, I think it was from Jackson State. Um, White, I don't. You got to okay. Daphne, Daphne White, okay. Daphne White. So, and she is a center. So, appreciate you guys jumping in. Yeah, hopefully, I always, I always, I know how 
knee injuries are the major number one injury that that uh, that affects female athletes, student athletes, or just athletes, female athletes in general. So I I, I hope uh, I don't know if that's a season ending ending thing. It it sounded and looked bad uh, from Twitter reports, <laughs> but uh, so hopefully uh, hopefully that young lady uh, is able to recover well from that um all right drew yeah let's jump over to the miac to the miac right. quickly going down the miac scores on the men's side central defeated Howard 73 54. Redland east Shore squeaked by morgan state 75 74. tight one there in dover delaware as delaware state defeated coppin state 55 53 and norfolk state defeated South Carolina State 79 to 72. And on tomorrow, uh, obviously teams will flip, travel partners will flip tomorrow. Howard takes on South Carolina State, Norfolk State takes on Central. Uh, they make, they make Howard travels to South Carolina State, Norfolk State travels to Central, Delaware State travels to Morgan, and Maryland Eastern Shore travels to Coppin, uh, Coppin State. Over on the women's side. Hold on, let me yeah, let me let me stop you for a second because that Howard North Carolina Central game. Did that score surprise you as much as it did me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, Not I, the I, fact that Central won. It was the, the margin of victory. Twenty. 20 right yeah, it was it was, it was the margin of victory yes yeah i mean like wow that that uh and I, if i'm not mistaken that was the game that didn't those two come down to a last game at the end of the season last year in conference play yes. to determine yes. the conference champion so hopefully the schedule makers have that game at, at the end of the season so that we could possibly maybe get another interesting uh hopefully they did the schedule on the snake yeah hopefully they did the yeah exactly there you go yeah. all right go ahead with the women you got the women's update women uh morgan morgan state maryland east shore 40 morgan state 48 maryland east shore 45 that was in maryland copper state delaware state in dover copper state won 64 51. a guy Norfolk State defeated South Carolina State 94-33. That was Grambling State-esque. Oh, did I say did I say that? Uh Central defeated Howard 79-76. So Central got the sweep uh on the on the weekend. And Monday, uh, those games are the same as the men's games that I just announced on Monday. All the men's games, all the women's games start at 5.30 Eastern, and all the men's games are scheduled for 7.30 Eastern. What I find interesting about the MEAC schedule, Brian, mm -hmm. there are no conference games scheduled the entire King Day weekend. Not Saturday or Monday? No conference games scheduled Saturday or Monday. Women on Tuesday, Central, let's see, North Carolina West End travels to Central on Tuesday, 
And of course, on Monday on King Day, you've got Morehouse traveling up to uh, Howard. That uh, that's kind of become a tradition now. Yeah, Morehouse travels to Howard, and here's a laugher: Virginia Lynchburg will travel to Norfolk State on King Day. Only other game, I take that back. There is one other, there is one conference game. Uh, Maryland Eastern Shore and Howard play on Saturday at four o'clock, but the women don't play. So I find that kind of interesting. I don't know when the women are going to play that game, but that's a men's only game on Saturday. All right. Uh, I, I wanted to take a quick peek over to uh, the. You know, I'm just looking here to make sure I want to give proper respect to our cousins, our HBCU cousins. Um, I do know in conference play, Tennessee State is one and three uh, in the Ohio Valley. North Carolina A&T sitting, uh, picked up a win to open the season, open the conference play season, I should say. Um, by beating uh, Coastal Carolina. Nope, check that. They beat Campbell, and then they lost to Elon on the road. But they had the Campbell game at home. So um, it looks like the CAA runs a Thursday-Saturday format. Um, They do play Monday, though. North Carolina A&T travels to Hampton on King Day. I'm wondering... So without any, so the conference, the MIAC isn't playing conference games, but some schools are playing games on MLK Day, right? Correct, correct. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I was looking at the conference RPIs again to kind of see where teams are, see where teams are falling at these days. Um, on the women's side, let me do a quick glance and see what the uh, yeah, D champ brings up a good point. What's that with the uh, with the CAA? Yeah, they, their games are separate, they play they don't do double headers, they don't do the double right. headers, they do, the they do singles. Yes, oh, that's interesting. That's a whole different financial uh, undertaking when yeah. you're doing that. Two buses. Well, they take two take two two buses anyway, so it may not be that big. Yeah, I was gonna say because yeah, if you take but, two buses anyway. I mean, for the home games, you have to pay. You have to pay your staff two two separate games. Whereas you, where if they're working a double header, you may not pay. You know, it may be more compressed as, as far as the pay. Yeah. Um, A&T's women are one and one in conference play. Um, they got a win yesterday, actually today, in overtime against Towson, 62 to 52. Uh, that's after losing to Charleston. So. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see whether the uh, Lady Aggies uh, can uh, 
to stay in the hunt. Uh, they were really they were really on the cusp of winning that uh, conference or at least finishing, you know, at the top. But it's a that's a that's a loaded conference, man. You got just looking at how many teams are in this field. Um, 12, 13, 14 teams in the CAA. Man. Whew. All right. Uh, quickly, Brian, so we don't disrespect our lower level Division II. I'll quickly go down the uh, SIAC. Uh, they did Thursday and Saturday this past week. I'll start off with the Thursday games. Uh, Everett Waters defeated Lane 75 71. Morehouse defeated Kentucky State. Excuse me, Kentucky State defeated Morehouse 85 79. Tuskegee defeated Allen 73 70. Clark defeated Central State 69 67. Miles defeated Albany State 72 52. Uh, Savannah State, let's see, Lemoyne beat Savannah State 85 71. And Benedict still undefeated the Sweet Spring Hill 97-69. That was on the men's side. And on Saturday, on the men's side, Morehouse 78, Central State 53, Clark 77, Kentucky State 71, Benedict 96, Tuskegee 73, Fort Valley 56, excuse me, Miles 70, Fort Valley 57. And here's a snoozer. Lane 47, Savannah State 41. Not a lot, lot, lot of lot of condominiums being built in that game, I bet you. Uh, <laughs> Spring Hill defeated Allen 80-68. And Everwaters defeated the uh, Moen 95-88. That's that was on the men's side. Let's flipping over quickly to the women's side in the S I A C. Going back to Thursday, Clark ninety nine, Central State ninety four. A lot of the shots was falling in that game for those two teams. Savannah State seventy five, Lamont seventy three, Lane sixty two, Waters forty seven, Benedict sixty one, Spring Hill fifty eight, Tuskegee sixty three, Allen fifty six. And Miles 64, Albany State 55. Moving on to Saturday, Kentucky State 80, uh, Clark Atlanta 78, Savannah State 62, Lane 53, Miles 61, Fort Valley 51, Tuskegee 73, Benedict 52, Spring Hill 63, Allen 44, Lemoyne 70. Apple Waters, fifty-six. Uh, look at uh, coming up on tomorrow. Uh, Fort Valley travels to Talladega on the women's side, and Morris travels to Savannah State. And let's see if we got any men's games going on tomorrow. Uh, one game tomorrow on the men's side. Oh, excuse me, I'm on the wrong, uh, wrong schedule. Just a second. Yeah, uh, that will be a doubleheader with Morris going to Savannah State on uh, on tomorrow. All right. And 
quickly going down to the CIAA, and I'm going to see if you may want to pull up any NAIA scores while I do go down to CIAA, Brian. Okay. Uh, they did they did a Thursday Saturday also this week. We we'll start off with the men, Winston Salem seventy six, Elizabeth City fifty one, uh, Saint Augustine sixty three, Virginia Union fifty seven, Fayetteville fifty seven, Bowie fifty nine. Excuse me, Fayetteville sixty seven, Bowie fifty nine, Johnson C Smith seventy, Virginia State sixty nine. That was a, a tight game right there. Clafton 82, Bluefield State 69, Shaw 75, Lincoln PA 68. And on Saturday, Livingstone 72, Elizabeth City 67, Shaw 73, Virginia Union 66, Winston-Salem 76, Virginia State 62, Fayetteville State 53, Lincoln PA 52, Johnson C. Smith, 87, Bluefield State, 75, St. Augustine, 71, Bowie State, 69. You know what's interesting about all those scores I just read on the men's side this weekend, Brian? What's that? The whole team won every game. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's good to be good to be home. <laughs> 2 0 at home to open up the season. What, what more can you ask for? Not quite the same result on the women's side during the CIAA. Uh, Elizabeth City, 72. Winston Salem, 62. Uh, St. Augustine, 58. Virginia Union, 53. Fayetteville State, 71. Bowie State, 54. Virginia State, 73. Johnson C, 69. Bluefield State, 81. Claflin, 55, those score reported in the Shaw-Lincoln PA game. Let me see if I hit stats, if they got anything going here. Uh, that would be Shaw 63, uh, Shaw 63, Lincoln PA 59. All right, moving on down the line. On Saturday, Shaw 63. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the wrong game I was just giving you. Shaw 63, Virginia Union 59. Bowie State 65, St. Augustine 63, Virginia State 61, Winston-Salem 48, Claflin 98, 
Payne, 61, class of steps out of the conference uh, on Saturday. Elizabeth City, 55. Livingstone, 52. Johnson City, 54. Bluefield State, 51. And Fayetteville State, 71. Lincoln, PA, 68. Those are your women's scores. Monday night, women. Salem University travels to Livingstone. UVA Wise travels to Winston-Salem. And let's see if those were double headers. No, those are single games on the women's side. And that takes care of your Division II HBCU conferences. Hey, I noticed here looking at the standings, Winston-Salem State on the men's side. Are still unbeaten, five and zero. And then over on the women's side, Fayetteville State is five and zero with a twelve and one overall record, and Virginia State is five and one with a twelve or excuse me, a thirteen and one overall record. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I do believe. Just kind of look at the schedule. I think those teams already played each other. Uh, yeah, back in December, uh, Fayetteville Fayetteville gave Virginia State their only loss back on December 16th. And uh, appreciate Steve jumping in there saying that uh, Winston-Salem's 11-3 overall. So, um yeah, watch out! Uh, watch out for the Rams. Watch out for the Rams. Some something good to talk about for Winston Salem State. Well, they sure need it. Yeah, let me give you something else. Uh, somebody to watch out for. Watch out for the team from my home state, uh, Lincoln University, the blue the Blue Tigers of Lincoln. They are quietly nine and four. Another HBCU or the Division Two level that is one of two that are not in an HBCU conference. And for the week, they went one and one for the week. They defeated Nebraska Kearney 90 67 before losing to Fort Hayes State 69 to 64. And the last of our division two teams uh, on the men's side, West Virginia State, currently sitting at six and five. They. They, they only had one game this week. No, wait a minute. No, they did not. They had they did not play this week. I, I apologize about that. West Virginia State men did not play. Just uh, double checking on the women's side. That way we're going to get full disclosure for all of our Division Two teams. West Virginia State women. Lost to Bluefield, defeated Bluefield State on this past Tuesday in a non-conference matchup, 80-67. to 67. That was at home for West Virginia State's women. And the Lincoln, Missouri women, they are 5-8 currently overall. They're 1-6 in conference. And for the week, they took two L's for the week, losing to Nebraska Kearney. 57 to 77 and to number 16, Fort Hayes State, 62 74. 
And that wraps up Division Two, Brian. Okay, quickly, what I found a little, I didn't know we were gonna go this deep into into it. So we gotta we gotta we gotta find a way to better aggregate uh, the scoreboards. You know, somehow we gotta figure a way. But uh, we'll and, and then be able to that way we can we can punch these up a lot faster. What I will say is uh, I'll start over with Langston, uh, Langston University who has a pair of uh, – look, first off, Langston has a pair of coaches that I absolutely love. The, these guys, Kevin Harrod, who coaches the uh, – leads the women, and, of course, Chris Wright over on the men's side. Uh, they had a good thing. They they had a good – they had Talladega rolling on both the men and women's side. I'm talking – remember what we talked about. We talked about basketball programs, right, men and women's. Langston – is a basketball program, men and women, okay? And they are, the uh, women are currently uh, 11 and 2 on the season, 6 and 1 in conference. They won five straight. Uh, Saturday, they defeated Southwestern Christian 76 to 47 uh, for their fifth straight conference win. Uh, they've only dropped one conference game this year. That was back in December. Uh, so, uh, congrats to them. They actually, their next contest is coming up on Monday to Central Christian College, uh, traveling over to McPherson, Kansas. And they'll be back home on Thursday in the CF Gales Fieldhouse on January 11th against Texas Wesleyan. Uh, the men's team, of course, the men, if you don't know, are ranked number two in the country in the NAIA. Uh, they are 13-0, 7-0 conference play, and they got to win. They actually did put up the 100. They put up 100 on Southwestern Christian, 159. So uh, I think, is that the first time they put up 100 all year? Just quick glance. It is. So uh, free hot dogs for everybody. Next home game. I'm just I, I don't quote me on that. I'm just saying. <laughs> free milkshakes down at somebody's sponsorship. Somebody <laughs> out of the sponsorship deal uh to, to partner with Langston. So that way, hey, if the basketball team scores a hundred points. I don't know, free smoothies or you know, free ice cream, whatever. I don't know. But you know, that that's what y'all missed out on. But anyway, a good win. They they uh they too are traveling to uh, Central Christian College on Monday uh, to take them on, and then they return home with the women on January 11th against Texas Wesleyan. So uh, still rolling, you know. All it takes is I, one loss by a team that's in front of them, Drew, and and Langston end up being the number one team in the country. That's how it usually works out, right? That's how it's supposed to work out. Oh, you! Oh, you! You got some thoughts to the other, to the uh, to the other, huh? The HBCU bribe. We just gonna leave it right there. And let's move on to the next uh, next set of scores. Um, the other set of scores. The only other school I'm gonna that I'm that I've got, unless uh, I, I'm gonna have to go check the GCAC to see check their site. But uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Xavier Women. Uh, they are currently nine and two right now. 
Uh, they got a win on Saturday, 68 to 40 over Our Lady of Lakes. Uh, that was over in San Antonio, Texas. Um, let's see for the for the men. Uh, Xavier's men right now are sitting on a record of nine and two as well, five and one in conference play. They've won three in a row. Uh, they beat Our Lady of Lakes as well, eighty-eight to eighty-one. So you know, obviously, you have the double headers happening on the men and women's side at uh, the NAIA level, which, hey, it's smart, right? Uh, keep everything keep everything close. Keep everything close. Uh, let me jump down south to Florida Memorial University. Florida Memorial playing in the Sun Conference. Of course, Xavier plays in the uh, Red, Red River. River. Red River Athletic Conference. Um, Florida Memorial playing in the Sun Conference. Uh, the women are currently 8-5. and five. Um, they lost their uh, conference opener on Saturday to Warner University, 66 to 63. Uh, and of course, this uh, Florida Memorial team uh, handed Xavier women one of their two losses on the year at the end of 2023. So uh, Florida Memorial starting off the season, unfortunately, with a conference loss, but uh, I have I have a lot of faith that they will find themselves back in the hunt for another title, actually defending Sun Conference champions. So we'll see how that goes. The men uh, suffered just their second loss of the season. They are now 12-2 and two overall, 0-1 in conference, as they too lost to Warner University 73-68. to So uh, not a happy start to the conference season for – uh, Florida Memorial, but uh, uh, good program. They will, they will recover. They will recover. Uh, let's see what I can find. Can I find anything on the GCAC, Drew? I know I was looking the other day, and I didn't see. Yeah, they they, they, they haven't. Uh, yeah, I'm at I'm at to call Danny about that and see if they haven't updated their see, stuff yet. All right. Well. Yeah. See, see if see if Danny need a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. I love. I I I got your GCAC scores because I I had them pulled up on a different site uh, earlier uh, this week. So give me a second. Uh, appreciate appreciate it, Jim. Appreciate the update. Um, I am I'm looking. I have to uh, once I get once we get out of here, I'm gonna have to kind of adjust my my TV setup so I can. I can get to that game, you know. Uh, appreciate the appreciate the in-game updates. Uh, EA jumps in. Uh, I'm gonna come back to your question, EA. I know uh, it's 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 football, FAMU related. I'll come back to it in a moment. What do you got, Drew? Come on. We're already over on Twitter. Right. You told me we weren't gonna be all here right. all day. You lied to I know, me. I know, I know. What 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 I will do since in order to save time, since uh it'll be cumbersome for me to go through and give you all of these scores, I will just give you the teams the team standings in the GCAC. We'll start off in on the men's side. Two blue uh overall eleven and five, five and one in conference, Landon Smith. 
eight and five, four and one in conference. Dillard, seven and seven, three and two in conference. White, seven and eight, three and two in conference. Fisk, five and eleven, two and three in conference. Rust, five and eight, two and three in conference. Oakwood, one and thirteen, one and two in conference. Suno, one and seventeen, one and four in conference. And UVI, zero and six, zero and three in conference. We'll switch over to the women's side in just a second. While you're looking at that, what I want to know from everybody, how do you consume your basketball content? How do you how do you consume the information related to basketball? Do you prefer to have, you know, like a one-stop shop? or a, a one site that has all your scores, ESPN-esque? Do you prefer conference breakdown? Do you prefer three different levels? Because we do have three levels. You've got the NAIA, you've got Division Two, and you've got Division One. You know, um, there's so many different ways that this information can be aggregated. So well, I'm kind of and then you've, got, then you've got genders on both sides of those. Well, yes, yes. So yeah. that, that, but that's what, so you've got, Whatever, so take it times two because you have men and women. I'm curious to hear where people are. You know, how, what what would be best for you? Like, if you wanted to follow more basketball this season, how do you want that information presented to you? You know, um, hit us up. Send us a send us a, a, a message on um, on our on our Twitter. X handles. Um, you can find me at DRB365. There's Drew at BCSN Drew. Uh, you can always, uh, uh, you know, drop something via email to us. Email at uh, myjbn, uh, info at myjbn.com. What was I saying? What did I say? Email at myjbn? No. Info at myjbn.com. Or you can hit me up. My, my whole name, Brian Fulford at myjbn. Dot com. Doc says he likes to consume his information by conference. Okay, that's good. And my women's page is not being responsive right now. This an option as well. Uh, adding every oh, okay, you're just kidding, Kevin. I was like, yeah, you know, you could do that. Karen says by conference standings. Yeah, that's good to know. Good to know. Did you find what you were looking for, Drew? It's coming. I've got to go to my backup site now. That's right. It must not be. Don't worry about it. You're you're doing too much. Don't worry about it. It's all good. It's all good. Um, we can uh, we can we can spotlight things. Yeah, that's just coming out of the football season. I I guess that's one thing that we got to work on this week, Drew, going into next week, and try to try to put together a better format and again scores i would rather run if anything drew i'd rather run scores on the ticker at the bottom i mean you know i i i you know i don't think people come to hear us read their scores i mean i'd rather give you a link and tell you to hey go look the scores up from here um or here's the scroll you see the scores running on the scroll that could be running during the show uh i i just you know 
I think we just, you know, I'm looking in 2024. How can we work smarter, not harder? And I okay, felt like I, got it now. I feel like that exercise that we just did was hard. Yeah, especially when, especially when you had no idea that you were going to wind up doing it. Right, right. All right. GCAC scoreboard. I am on the women's side. Yeah, women's basketball schedules. Just making sure. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Guys, more careful. All right, here we go. This weekend, Sat. Going back to Thursday, on the women's side, Fist defeated UBI eighty-six fifty. Rust defeated Wiley seventy-nine forty-seven. Philander Smith defeated Tugadu 87 to 64. Saturday, Dillard defeated Talladega 87 4. Russ defeated Philander Smith. Excuse me, Philander Smith defeated Russ 77 68. That's a little bit of an upset. Wiley defeated Tugadu 90 81. And Oakwood defeated UBI 61-37. So those were your women's scores for the for the past weekend. All right. Um, are you are you do the men? Are you gonna do the men? Or going to break the scores now? Just just because I went through the standards already. So no, you can leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. Um. I will say this, so just to let everybody know, uh, of course, hopefully you got a chance to uh, watch some of our coverage of uh, Miles College basketball over the past couple days, whether it was Saturday or Thursday. Uh, shout out to Mo Carter uh, and, and Roy Evans. Did a great job on the call for those games. Uh, this upcoming week on the Black College Sports Network, Tomorrow night, we have Savannah State, uh, men and women, hosting Morris College at Tiger Arena. The women start at 5.30. The uh, men follow them at 7.30. And you can watch that game, mybcsn.net slash watch. Or you can just go to mybcsn.net and the game will be airing right there on our site. So uh, Savannah State basketball, part of the SIC right here on the Black College Sports Network. And then on Saturday, we've got two games, really technically three games, but two schools. We've got Morehouse hosting Allen University at 2 p.m. on Saturday, the 13th. And then at 3 p.m., we have a doubleheader Men and women at Miles College, they are hosting Lane College. So I believe that is a 3 p.m. Eastern tip for the women with the men following. And then again on Saturday, 2 p.m. So two different streams that you can watch. Uh, MyBCSN.net slash watch. Make sure you're following the Black College Sports Network on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and also on YouTube and you'll uh you get a chance to watch those games live. Um that's another uncomfortable conversation that we're gonna have to have, Drew, about 
where we go to watch basketball games. Because, you know, um, we're finding that obviously the beautiful thing about the digital space is that all the games, you know, should be available. You should really be able to watch. And I know, you know, whether it be the Valley Sports Network, the Alabama State Sports Network, you know, it's interesting to kind of watch whose content is available for free via YouTube, free via platforms like the Black College Sports Network or maybe HBCU Go or some other network. Flow Sports, pay-per-view. Also, you have what? You have schools that are actually uh, have pay-per-view setups for their games. I know FAMU does their home games on Rattlers Plus, which is pay-per-view. I know uh, Prairie View, Southern, I think they run theirs on a paper. Jackson game. State. Jackson yeah. State as well. Uh, but then, you know, so you have this, you have this real dichotomy. CIAA Network, another free one, Steve Bates to put out there. Is that, that's free? The CIAA yes. Network free? Okay. Until the tournament comes, usually. Until the tournament comes. That's, that's cool. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, how we consume is really interesting. You know, I, I do like the fact that every game is available. Every game should be available. But the question, Drew, would you prefer to see these games a la carte? Or do you think the diaspora would be better served if more games were in one place? Like kind of going to the mall, like at the food court. And I'm only referencing food because I'm hungry as hell right now, so... Bear with me here with the food court analogy. Would, would you rather go to the food court or would you rather have the food carts, the food trucks that are outside the mall? What's your take on that, Drew? I don't even know if I should get into it. Oh, well. Because because what I, what I may say, you know, somebody may come up with a bright idea, but it, it we, we we got we got too many people out here. There is no reason why there should not be a all the games should not be available on a conference type app. Should you have to pay for it? It hopefully, if you had that type of content. You should be able to garner the sponsorship where you should where you do not have to charge for your content. The only reason people charge for your content that that type of content is is because they don't have the sponsors in order to make it free to the to the public. Or the sales staff, or the sales staff to go out and get the advertising dollars. Yeah. Now Here's the thing, and and I've had this conversation. I don't know if whether it was on this platform or one of our other platforms with the BCS in it, but I have said this: if I am paying for this content, 
I'm expecting premium quality. I am expecting better than what I would get for free. Because free is free. I'm happy that I'm getting it for free. I don't have as high of an expectation as when I make an investment into it. But define that. If you define it though. If you charge me $5.99, $9.99, or I buy a season ticket season package, and I click on yours, your game, and you have a huddle cam running. We gonna have problems. Are there any announcers with that huddle cam? Because I've seen some. Pro- probably not. Announcers. Probably no. not. Probably not. And you better have some. You better have a play-by-play and a color person. If I am paying for this, why not just if, try to have one play-by-play? One play-by-play. No, no. I need. I need more than. I, I need more than one commentator. I need a play by play and a color. I need a play by play and a color commentator. How about I need replay? How about I need replay? Those are the minimum things I need for pay. Hmm. Interesting. Because you said you said a lot there. Um, you got you got tears to this. You got if I'm just giving you video. Oh, that's a good one, Karen. Hold up. No, what Karen said. No commercials. Well, yeah. there, but there, there's a reason why you have commercials, uh, Karen. That's uh, that's that's a to give the sometimes to give the announcers a a, a little break. But also, if there's no commercials and there's no, and obviously if the announcers mute their mics, what are you staring at? The court? I mean, you, you can't play the, you usually can't play the audio from the, or the you know, or the band or whoever's in attendance. So you got to show you something. It's Remember, it's a, it's a visual stream. So it's a visual medium. I got to show you something. So yeah, I'm gonna show you a commercial, or maybe a promo, maybe a promo. This could change. How about a graphic? I'll show you a yeah. dead, a dead solid graphic. Oh, oh, I better have a real scoreboard on there too. Anyway, let's save this conversation for the next no, but, podcast, right? No, because okay, well, I mean, but you know, I'm, that's yeah. the name of this one. I don't want to talk about this tomorrow. I'm gonna move on to something else. But anyway, yeah. I'm just. Well, how much it, are you gonna pay for that? Though? $5.99. It, should, it better not cost me more than the game ticket. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, game ticket costs you about maybe 10 15 bucks. Okay, bucks that's fair. That's fair. So you pay $5.99 for, for a game. Yeah. Let's pick up the show and get out of here. Let's see, you, you, you're you a special one, Drew. Um, Drew uh, said, how much will he pay? Drew said $5.99. Just, just in case y'all wondered, five ninety nine. Um, appreciate everybody jumping in, uh, watching us on uh, whether you watch us on Instagram, 
we appreciate you. You can always find our show, part of the uh, Black College Sports Network, every Sunday night. Normally, we're 6 o'clock Eastern time. But if you're connected in with us uh, on our YouTube channel, which uh, you can find my JBN one. That's the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page, which we are a part of. The Black College Sports Network is part of Jericho Broadcast Networks. You can always get notifications when we're getting ready to go. And so, <laughs> Drew, uh, people are laughing at your uh, five ninety nine. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on, Drew. I can't go anywhere without answering EA's question. EA, can I just save that question for Wednesday? All right. Real quick. Uh, do I think our AD, a, uh, FAMU's AD, needs to release a press statement refuting reports on her statements to Coach Simmons' rep stating he hadn't done anything to deserve a, a raise? Uh, I will say this as I get ready to close EA. It will not benefit or serve her to make any comments. Um, do I think the question should be asked? Sure. Uh, but there's nothing that she's going to say that's going to give you an answer because she's going to say that any conversation I have with my employees or an employee of the university is a private conversation. Uh, secondly, you know, no comment. She's, she's not going to comment on it. I mean, coach Simmons is no longer a coach. So why would I, why would she talk about any body that's not associated with Florida A&M right now? So, you know, and, and you can go and t- if someone wanted to go talk to the lawyer or the representatives, you could, but then they risk doing damage on their end by making any statement other than I can't comment on anything. So you got two issues, Brian. You got PR and you got HR. And the P and the H. We'll make the sound if you mess it up, as in F you. It will F you up. That's cute. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I like that. But yeah, no, there's there's no there's no statement that uh, can be made. Um, You know, it's a it's a lose lose. I mean, people are gonna think what they're gonna think, uh, and you just you just let them think what they're gonna think. you know, now nobody has any audio. Don't, the only thing that trumps that is in all these situations, any kind of situation, it's always he said, she said, until what happens, Drew? Until somebody pulls out the tape. Somebody pulls out some, some, some audio or video or something in writing. Now it's a new game. But please note, in the state of Florida, Recording conversations without the consent of the other person, I believe, is a, if not a criminal offense of some sort, it's against the law, put it like that. So, But, it, but in the state of Georgia, where I am, it is a one-party state, and you do not have to let 
the other person know that you are recording a conversation. But if they ask, you have to provide them with a copy of of it, a la C4-5 in the situation that he found himself in. Yeah, so so any type of any type of comment. So know your state law. Yeah, so it, yeah, so that that's another thing. Know your state law. So you just so anyway, that's again, put it like this: chalk that up to barbershop talk, uh, and you know that's really all you can really say about it. I mean, really, barbershop talk. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff we talk about in the barbershop that. Uh, we can't necessarily run around. Now, I, I will say, uh, EAC, I, I probably should have, I should have checked out when Drew told me. I should have, I should have closed the show when he told me. Because now I'm going to, now I'm going to mention something that's going to get me in trouble. And I know I do this. Well, and, don't, don't report from the street committee, Ryan. That's all I'm going to tell you before no, you get not from the street committee, but what I, what I will, how do I want to say this? How do I want to say this? I'm trying to, you're like, don't do it. You're like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> the PR game is interesting. And all I will say is pay attention to who is reporting what about whom. Pay attention to it. Because at the end of the day, we're talking there's a PR game that's being played. And so um on 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 both sides and so that's uh you talk about what could if if that rumor continues to hang out there um the response may come in the form of something else okay so that's all I'll say. Yes, Karen, thank you. Thank you for telling me to wrap it up. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate you because I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get out before I get in trouble. It's too late in the evening. <laughs> so uh, that's all I'll say about that. Thank you for the opportunity, uh, EA. Thank you to everybody for watching on IG. Thank you everybody watching on Twitter. Thank you everybody on uh, Facebook and YouTube. We really appreciate you in uh, in 2023. We appreciate you in 2024. We're looking to uh, do some uh, some creative things this year. Uh, we're always looking to improve. So uh, feel free to hit us up personally on on X. Uh, you can always find me. Uh, there's my handle that's scrolling down there at the bottom. You see Drews. Uh, you can always email us. Uh, you can you know let us know what you think and kind of what kind of things we can do to improve. Um, we'll hopefully have some guests on next week. And so you won't just be listening to me and Drew having uncomfortable conversations in the new year. That's going to do it for tonight's show. Uh, who do you got winning tomorrow night's championship, Drew? Michigan or Washington? Big 10 versus Pac-12. Big Blue. Big blue. I'm going oppo of that. I'm going Washington. I'm going with Michael Penix Jr., future number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Should have been the Heisman winner this year, but he got Amazing blue. Going with the amazing blue. 
All right. Well, uh, there it is. So, uh, you guys, if you're watching the national championship tomorrow, enjoy it. Um, hopefully, I when when this ends, the Bills can get back to winning games and winning me some money. That's the theme of 2024. Money, M O N E Y. Get rich or die trying. Live for hoops or die lonely. There you go. All right, guys, we're out of here. Thanks for a good night. Uh, Top of light, everybody. Thanks for watching. Peace out. Have a great week. Be safe. Uh, don't forget, Tuesday night, Dr. Cavill is inside the HBCU Sports Lab, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Brady will, Drew. will Mike Washington make it three in a row? Ooh, are we taking bets? Are we taking bets on that? <laughs> What's the over-under Mike Washington has for three straight episodes? I'm going to say three to one. New year. New year, new Mike. Okay. Two to one, I'm saying I'm saying no. Two to one, I'm going to say no. <laughs> two to one, I'm saying no. So I don't know if I'm going to lose money on that, but two to one says no. All right. So uh, it's all love, Mike. It's all love. Uh, make sure to tune in Tuesday and find out. Find out Tuesday. Black College Sports Network right here. All right. Peace out, everybody. We'll holla. But you're my beast of your heart.